Hey, everybody. Thanks for clicking on and listening to this podcast here from the Arkansas Storm Team. I am meteorologist Pat Walker, and I'm joined today by Trey Reed from the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission. And uh, we're going to talk about hunting and weather related to hunting. And, of course, as all hunters know, weather plays a big role in how game behave and act and time of day and just the temperatures and precipitation seasons as well so much of weather goes into uh into hunting and what the animals behave so we've got trey reed in here today to talk about you know what what hunters look for and what is best and what's not best and maybe some best good of practice too trey Thanks for joining us here today. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for having me, and I'm uh, I'm glad to be here. And it's really surprising that we, I, I can't believe we've never done this before. Because as you said, weather is probably the number mm -hmm. one factor when it comes to hunting and, and fishing too. I know it's hunting seasons now, so we're going to talk about hunting. But everything, I mean, everything that we do depends greatly on, on weather. Whether that's long term, you know, more climate type uh, uh, considerations um, or the immediate, you know, weather that's happening right now or coming, you know. Well, like even like in the, in the summertime, they're, they're, I don't I don't myself hunt, but there's hunters who I know and they'll talk to me like, well, we, we need the rain. We don't need the rain because I'm putting out my uh, my uh, my seeds. I'm planting planting, planting, planting I'm, food plots. I'm planting yeah. my plots, you know, for the, the fall. The perfect time to plant food plots. Labor Day is kind of sort of the mm -hmm. benchmark. You know, you can start before and you can you can obviously do some after. Uh, still plenty of growing season left in Arkansas in September and even into October. But it's also typically a fairly dry time of year. Right. So September it's that weird thing, October, you, you want to put these seeds out and, Good yet, luck. and then like you're hoping you get a little bit of rain so they'll take root and germinate and, and actually produce a, a food crop for your for your deer hunting. Well, typically. luckily this September and a lot of October has been on the wet side. Probably some pretty healthy food plots out there <laughs> right now. so, some nice tender vegetation uh, for Maybe that big old ten point buck to come out and nibble on your on your plot. All right, so you know deer season and portions already started. Of course, it started the first day of fall for uh, uh, for for archery. Archery, that's for right. Archery. Yeah. So we're getting in now too. We're starting to see uh, muzzleloader and modern gun seasons kind of starting up here over the next few weeks and uh, into the rest of the fall and into the winter. Uh, we know. Deer, I guess, they move around when it's cooler. Is that what happens? I think you would typically, yeah, have to. I'd have to agree with that. You know, you, you want cooler weather. When, when it's hot, I mean, just imagine if you were wearing a, a, a fur coat mm -hmm. uh, out there, you, you probably wouldn't want to move a lot when, when temperatures are, you know, 75, 80, 85 degrees. The weather we've had this week, I'm sure, uh, has really excited hunters. We had the uh, the private lands antlerless only hunt that started uh, October 13th, mm -hmm. and it's a short hunt, just like five or six days. Uh, but you know, some of that rainy weather. A lot of hunters will tell you when you get that like light drizzle, like we had some of this week, that deer really tend to move in that. And I, I don't mm -hmm. know why. I don't know what the science behind but that is. But that's just what happens. But that's just what happens. Uh, so I think you know these these cooler temperatures that we're seeing are, are very welcome. I mean, the first part of Archery season, we had a little cold snap there in September, but if you remember, it well, warmed. We were, we were in the upper 80s pushing 90 Yeah, again. we were having like July and August type temperatures uh -huh. again. And, and I know most, uh, that if you look at our um, harvest numbers, there was a spike, you know, which there always is on opening day, but that opening day of archery season, a lot of activity, and then those numbers went way down. 
probably a couple of things going on there. The deer weren't moving as much mm -hmm. during the day. And hunters don't want to be out there. Well, think about fighting you, mosquitoes. You have and mosquitoes. You wear extra clothing. You're wearing uh, whether it's camo. You're wearing if it's hunting. You're wearing orange. You have gear you're carrying. There's work, and yeah. you don't. You're not. You're not wearing it's, shorts and a t-shirt. It's warm weather is just not conducive yeah. to, to to hunting activity. I mean, you know, in the springtime, turkey hunting. You typically are going to have some more. You're starting to warm it's, up, but it's even cold then, in the mornings, you've got some though. cool mornings. Uh, uh, but but yeah, I, I think uh, with with uh, muzzleloader season getting cranked up, and then our our youth hunt, and then our our gun our regular gun season, the big one when we estimate more than a quarter of a million people in the woods, that will be November tenth is when it opens. That's when you know that's when we want to see those those cooler temperatures. Um, now do the. Does it get to a point, say, it's it's too cold uh, for deer? I mean, to say we had a, in November, I mean, it's rare, but what if we had, you know, November 10th, the morning, or the 9th, the night before, we had, you know, a six-inch snow hit. Does that, is that going to slow down the deer? It very well could. I think a lot of times what happens when you have conditions like that, or even, you know, a snowfall on into later November or into December, that... It's kind of the opposite of, I talked about the deer not wanting to move around mm -hmm. when it was really warm. They may stay bedded down longer. Okay. Uh, and they may wait till the temperatures, you know, as, as um, just, just imagine, you know, try to put yourself in a, in a deer's mind for a minute, okay? And as it warms up during the day and you start to get some melt and that ice or that snow that's on the trees starts to, starts to hit the Dripping ground. Down and all. That's like a trigger for them, I would, I would think that Oh hey, it's things melting. are thawing out. It's melting. I can go find my food sources. My food, now, or go drink some water, or, or go drink some water. And so I think if you talk to a lot of hunters, you would find that maybe um, if you did have a big snowfall or even just a couple of inches, that movement might be greater later on in the day rather than that early, morning. early in the morning, like when they wake up and everything's uh -huh. iced over, snow cover, and all that. So, you know, when we are hunting out there, most hunters go in the morning. Do, is that because deer get up for breakfast and they're ready to go in the morning? Is that the deal? Deer are, I believe, I'm going to try to be fancy and use the uh, scientific <laughs> term crepuscular. Wow. Uh, Went over my head. <laughs> which uh, just means, they, like a lot of wildlife, they move um, that twilight, uh, the mm -hmm. early morning, the and late the evening. evening, you know, that that's just a, a time for a lot of activity. You've, you can look at, I, I think there's been some research done, uh, especially in the fall this time of year, which the, we're going to have the time change going back to, to uh, regular standard time. Standard time. Uh, but even like through deer vehicle collisions, there's been some research done and a lot of it happens you know, right at, sunset, right at sunrise. sunrise, right at sunset, oh, okay. or the, those 30, you know, that uh, civil twilight, I guess, the 30 minutes before and after sunrise and sunset. All right, so how's the population looking this year as far as deer go? Robust. Good. Uh, you know, we have had, I believe, five consecutive years now of Arkansas hunters checking more than 200,000 deer. That doesn't count the ones that are hit, in, <laughs> you know, by cars. On uh, Bell Boulevard. <laughs> uh, yeah, or Cantrell. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, uh, I, uh, 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 a buddy of mine in the, who, who works on early morning radio sent me a photo earlier this week of a deer uh, uh, 
right in the city limits of Little Rock, an eight-point buck in the parking lot of, no of one of the local radio stations. Uh, I mean, not far from downtown Little Rock. He's of course, like, we live on the river. I mean, the, you know, the river is a, a wildlife corridor. Um, but, uh, no, we've got a healthy deer population. Of course, you know, we're, we're still being vigilant about chronic wasting disease. That's, uh, we detected that in Arkansas's deer herd in 2016. The hot spot is uh, the epicenter of that um, detection is Newton County up a little north of Jasper. Uh, but we now have 16 counties that are in the CWD management zone. Um, added four counties to that this year. Uh, because that we have detected some deer with CWD over in uh, Benton County and Washington County, wow, even okay. one in Sebastian County. Is it contained uh, in, in Arkansas, Missouri? Is there some over in Oklahoma? I mean, you can't really speak on Oklahoma. Oklahoma has not, uh, I believe they found it in a captive uh, survey okay. uh, many years ago, but have not found it in a uh, in their free-ranging whitetail or, you know, they even have some uh, elk and uh, mule deer out in the far western reaches of the state. But you have to be careful talking about that because different states test differently. Okay. Uh, and I'm not criticizing Oklahoma, but I will say that their, uh, their testing has not been maybe as rigorous as, as some other states. Gotcha. Uh, because they border Colorado uh, and Nebraska, I'm sorry, Kansas. Uh, and, and the Texas Panhandle and, and CWD really started area. in the in the West, uh, known Ooh. to be in a lot of a lot of areas of Colorado. It was first discovered in a captive mule deer in uh, Fort Collins uh, that was being studied at Colorado State University in 1967, and was found for the first time in the wild in 1981 or 82 in Colorado. So it was thought to be a Western thing for a long time. Wyoming and Colorado were sort of that the, the, in the epicenter. In the 80s, and so it. then we we saw it here in Arkansas for the first saw time here in 16. In, in 2016, and um, you know Mississippi found it last deer season uh, over about 30 miles from the extreme southeast corner of Arkansas. So, okay, that for a deer to do that though, a deer would have to cross the river. So it's gotten across some other way than just the natural migration yeah, it, of deer. It, it, it had been found across the, uh, uh, well, and, and the, one of the ways, we, we know that the CWD, we could spend a whole podcast <laughs> talking about it because it's very complicated, but it, it, it's caused by an abnormal protein, a protein that's misshapen. It's not a virus or a bacteria mm -hmm. like we typically think with diseases. Uh, it's very much like mad cow. It's uh, a transmissible spongiform encephalopathy, a TSE, which mad cow is also mm -hmm. in that group of, of diseases. Is it, it working to the brain and can, spinal it, cord? It, brain and spinal cord, lymph nodes. Here's the thing, Pat, it can persist in the soil, it can even be taken up by ve vegetation. It can be in the grass. Okay. So if the, a deer dies uh, and its carcass, you know, disintegrates in an area, well, that that pr that prion or prion is going to be in that area. And there's you can't get rid of it. You can't you can't burn it away. You can't freeze it away. I mean, does, it, does it stay there forever, or is it just eventually in time wear out? As far as we know, it can it can well, persist we, indefinitely. It's been it's, this will be the third season, so uh, that's one of the this can last longer than three. One of the obviously. reasons that we you know we have restrictions on the importation of carcasses from other states, and those have been in place for many years. A lot of Arkansas hunters go out west to elk hunt or mule deer mm -hmm. hunt, and we didn't want them bringing carcasses that might have CWD and then disposing, disposing of them in the Arkansas. Uh, so that you talked about, you know, that it can move around 
That's a way. As with a lot of invasive species and other things like that, humans, we did. You know, we we we, we kind of uh, expedite the movement of disease sometimes. Now those 16 counties are basically all of northwest. Basically Arkansas? the northwestern corner of the state. None in South Arkansas. No, or southeast? we have okay. not. The only uh, place we have found CWD uh, south or west of the Arkansas River is in Sebastian County. We had one positive there, but that's what. And is Sebastian in that zone now? It, it is in okay. the CWD management zone now. Okay, so you're talking about. Like Zones two, six, seven, some of eight. Correct, right? correct. Okay. You know, here's the key though. You know, th this was all an answer to your question. Our deer population is still well, yeah, very, very healthy. I mean, uh, but we do, I want to remind hunters, you know, to, to, to be vigilant. And, you know, if you see a deer that's acting unusual, has some of those classic. Uh, symptoms such as you know excessive salivation or urination or you know you see the ribs sticking out there's an a-frame stance yeah. these are signs late stages of the what disease. What does the hunter need to do then? Uh, well number one you probably don't want to harvest that animal. Yeah. You want to call the Game and Fish Commission uh, you can go to our website agfc.com slash cwd or the Arkansas Hunting Guidebook has three pages on cwd in the in the uh, uh, front part of it, pages six, seven, and And of course the guidebook, every hunter knows you can get there where you get your, your But it's got some great information. It's, there's some phone numbers you can call us on, uh -huh. uh, our radio room, and we can, you know, dispatch the, somebody to, does to, the, to... Do the biologists go out and try to capture it They do. It then? They will actually try to, try to well, they, they, they shoot it. Yeah. Uh, because the only test for cwd reliable is, test is a, is a is autopsy basically basically yeah, yeah. Uh, so but but that we, we want that information because it allows us to you know create a, a better picture of where CWD is and even if you're in South Arkansas where we don't know the disease to be if you see something unusual let us know also you know the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention out of Atlanta you know federal government agency um, uh, within the last year or so kind of changed their guidance on CWD and they say now that if you hunt in an area such as Northwest Arkansas where you know CWD to be present they recommend that you test your animals before consuming the meat. Hmm. It's something of a change than when we first. I mean, is it a simple it. test that can be done at the at the locker or plant or? Well actually what you we, we've got Participating taxidermists in Arkansas. Uh, so if you got a buck that you're going to take mm -hmm. in, uh, or even if you just want to drop a deer off, some taxidermists will, will pull a sample for you. We've got a new option this year. We've got these freezers located around the state, but concentrated in, in northwest Arkansas, where you can just basically take the head of your deer. There's directions there. Put it in a bag. You drop it in the freezer. Uh, you put your information with on your it. information, and then within about two weeks, we're hoping, uh, you know, maybe high volume times it might take a little longer. Uh, but you can go to a website and actually look at your number, and it'll say your deer tested positive or n negative. If your deer tested positive, we'll help you like dispose of the meat because we want to kind of follow some protocols on mm -hmm. that. And in some cases, we'll try to replace your deer tag. So you no, can go we'll get take another, another deer. That's good. That's good. Hunters will be glad to hear that. All right. So the seasons, uh, you know, the basically, oh, and you know, across statewide, November tenth. But we get going here with these with these cooler temperatures in the next few weeks. Here, as we close in October, get into November, zone by zone, we start getting more and more hunting dates available. Right. That's right. I mean, you know, and and. It opens statewide November 10th, but you know, depending on what zone you're in, some the season lasts all the way through Christmas, mm -hmm. and then we have the Christmas holiday hunt that's uh, 26, 27th, and 28th, and then in some zones there's another muzzleloading season at the After end of that. December, and then one more youth hunt in in, in January. January. So, man, we are really fortunate in Arkansas, Pat, to have 
really if you consider archery you know starting september 22nd and running through the end of february you've got five months to deer hunt in arkansas and a very liberal firearm season with muzzleloaders and modern well you're not too. A, you're not allowed to have five months of a season with archery if you didn't have a good population to start no with. that's the thing i mean we are uh again we are concerned about cwd and trying to keep it contained we want to keep mm -hmm. it from spreading to other areas of the state if at all possible but but our our, our deer population is healthy and we're producing some incredible bucks too we had a state record buck taken uh the end of the uh, uh during the gun hunt in 2015 uh, I mean, 191 plus inch Boone and Crockett score, one of the Man. top deer ever taken in the southeastern United States. And that was down in uh, Drew County, not far from uh, between McGee and, and Monticello. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, deer hunting, we, we, we've got good numbers. Um, you know, you, we talk getting circling back to, to weather. I, I, you know, talking some about this particular season, I think some of the weather we had last year uh, because red oaks are on a two-year cycle as far as acorn production mm -hmm. goes uh, our acorn crop doesn't seem to be although we've had a pretty wet summer and fall uh, looks a little lacking looks though. A, it's spotty it's not as it's not as you know last year it seemed like there were acorns everywhere uh, but this year it's a little spottier now that could be good news for hunters. Because they're really because looking it, for food. They're then. really looking for food. If you can find those spots, a productive, you know, uh, oak tree where you got a lot of mast or even soft mast like persimmon or, you know, if you're doing some supplemental feeding like with rice bran or corn or whatever. When, when there are fewer, when, when, the, when the forest is not blanketed with acorns everywhere, deer have to move to find those sources so that increases the chances of hunters coming in contact with them. When we have a year where there's just, you know, and you've probably seen it even like in, in the city, you walk out on your deck you and, can't there's, help it, and there's everywhere. acorns everywhere, years like that, um, they just don't have to go that far. I mean, we still, they again, still move. Uh, still, they still move. The but breeding season is going to kick that, up in that's November. That's a pretty good driver. That's going to drive some, some activity, <laughs> obviously. But uh, you know, food sources are a key, and, and weather plays a, a big role in that. Uh, and, and again, with with our red oaks, they're they're on a two-year cycle, so uh, so the, the weather this year will affect the next the year. mass production year after next. Oh, okay. Oh wow. Okay. So, so it's, yeah, is that it's pretty hard out. Man, I, I, I can't tell you, Pat. It, it's fun. I, I, I'm sort of a, a you know being a hunter and an angler. I mean, I, I'm glued to the weather channel, especially <laughs> when duck season rolls around, because you're looking for the when those cold fronts are coming and the Alberta yeah. clippers. You want, the, those. you want the cold air to push those ducks. Well, let's move on to duck season. That's starting up uh, around in the no, November. November 17th is the opening day of duck season. It's a three-part season. The, the the first segment runs November 17th through 29, uh, 25th. Excuse me. Uh, then it's closed for about a week. Uh, reopens December 6th and goes through the 23rd closed as it has been for the past several years on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and then cranks back up on the 26th of December and runs all the way through January 27th. Now, one so, thing that we don't have a big problem with uh, is uh, maybe sometimes in late December and, and early January we can have uh, ponds freeze up at that point but early on in the season that's really not an issue at no, all. No, really probably for duck hunters 
the lack of water is a bigger mm -hmm. issue in the early part of the, the season. The ducks, Especially, the ducks will come through, but they won't stop if there's yeah, no water. Yeah, Louisiana, right? for instance, last year was very dry, if you'll, mm -hmm. if you'll recall. I mean, no October and November, I mean, we were in drought, if I'm not mistaken. And they just skipped on through, right? Yeah, Louisiana had one of their highest harvests on record last year because what did they do? They just kept going. They got to Arkansas. Now, don't get me wrong. People still you got killed ducks in Arkansas and had good duck hunting, but... It's one of those situations, and this is typically the case, because October is fairly a fairly dry month. Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, but what happens is when we get that rain in like middle December, toward the end of December, it seems like it happens every year. We'll get a big one, three or four inches. The bottomlands flood, uh, you know, you get this overflow and you get you know flooding out into the woods uh the rice fields the sheet water uh and, and even fallow agricultural fields and ducks come out of nowhere i mean it's like it, it's almost like they have some kind of secret hidden <laughs> language communication system. I heard, I've well, I'm heard, sure they have their, their, their iPhones and they're texting each other. Right. Hey, got my cousin in Missouri, come on down, it's great. They're, I've heard numerous waterfowl biologists say this over the years, that when the White River bottoms in, in southeast Arkansas flood, every duck in the Mississippi Flyway knows about it within 24 mm -hmm. hours. I don't know how they, that is. They know about it before the river gauge knows about <laughs> yeah, it, right? Well, exactly. But, uh, yeah, so with duck hunting, I think... Early season is when you, it's there. Lack of water is more of an issue. Mm -hmm. But then, as, as you mentioned, when you're going forward, uh, duck hunters are never happy. There's either not enough water or too much water. It's too warm it's never the perfect or it's too cold. Right? But you know, uh, last year, prime example, we got a, it was super dry. Uh, then we got a lot of rain right around Christmas. Uh, that week between Christmas and New Year's, we we got a bunch of rain, and then right at the first of the year, remember how cold it got? I mean, like yeah, it single, digits. single digits. Uh, well, so all that new water we had. That's when it froze. It froze up. So the ducks kept going. Yeah. We had the water, but we didn't. We had too, too, too cold. Too, too cold. And then it thawed out. Then it got really cold again. So, you know, as, as an avid duck hunter myself, I'm as guilty of that as, as anybody. But I, uh, you know, we want that Goldilocks zone, mm -hmm. you know, not too hot, not too cold, uh, not too wet, not too dry. Now, the, the typically, the, we've had good rains in the middle of October. Uh, Seeing if November is is going to be dry to, with the places that get wet and full now, will they usually hold that water till December, or do they usually drain on off? Some will. Uh, you know, we've we've started some some different practices on our public areas because we've learned over the years that putting water on our trees before they become dormant, uh, which we're still trying to figure out what the magic soil temperature is mm -hmm. that, that that sends those those trees into dormancy, but we, we've, we've done some harm to, to, our, to our bottomland hardwood forest on some of our management areas, and so we're not gonna purposely hold any water until November 15th. Now, if you get big rain, some of our areas flood anyway, right. and so there may be some hunting opportunity. So I think, you know, people who are managing their habitat wisely are probably not holding on to too much water. Now, a little bit different scenario in, you know, ag land. So with duck hunting, I think, Early season is when you, it's the lack of water is more of an issue. Mm -hmm. But then, as, as you mentioned, when you're going forward, uh, duck hunters are never happy. There's either not enough water or too much water. It's too warm it's never the perfect or it's too cold. Right? But, you know, uh, last year, prime example, we got a, it was super dry. 
Uh, then we got a lot of rain right around Christmas. Uh, that week between Christmas and New Year's, we, we got a bunch of rain. And then right at the first of the year, remember how cold it got? I mean, like yeah, single, digits. single digits. Uh, well, so all that new water we had. That's when it froze. It froze up. So the ducks kept going. Yeah. We had the water, but we didn't. We had too, too cold. Too, too cold. And then it thawed out. Then it got really cold again. So, you know, as, as an avid duck hunter myself, I'm as guilty of that as, as anybody. But I, uh, you know, we want that Goldilocks zone, mm -hmm. you know, not too hot, not too cold, uh, not too wet, not too dry. Now, the, the typically, the, we've had good rains in the middle of October. Uh, seeing if November is, is going to be dry to, with the places that get wet and full now, will they usually hold that water till December or do they usually drain on off? Some will. Uh, you know, we've we've started some, some different practices on our public areas because we've learned over the years that putting water on our trees before they become dormant, uh, which we're still trying to figure out what the magic soil temperature is mm -hmm. that, that, that sends those those trees into dormancy, but we, we've, we've done some harm to, to, our, to our bottomland hardwood forest on some of our management areas, and so we're not going to purposely hold any water until November 15th. Now, if you get big rain, some of our areas flood anyway, right. and so there may be some hunting opportunity. So I think, you know, people who are managing their habitat wisely are probably not holding on to too much water. Now, a little bit different scenario in, you know, ag land. Uh, probably doesn't hurt to hold some some water. You know, it doesn't hurt to hold some water. Once you've harvested that uh, rice, once you've got go. once you've gotten your crops out, you know, especially you know farmers that are leasing to hunters, it's mm -hmm. actually a benefit to them because they're they're pulling in some non-farm money when they're not non-ag income there. Um, but what what happens when we have water? You know, wet conditions like we've had in October. It sets the stage, as you know, the ground becomes saturated. So when we do get some, you know, some rains or, or river levels might be mm -hmm. a little higher than normal. So it doesn't take as much water in November and December to, to kind of create those ideal conditions right. that we're looking for, 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 for duck hunting. You know, another thing uh, I was uh, just, you know, you can hear this even in the city. Boy, the, the white-fronted or speckle-bellied geese were really starting to move into the state this past week with that cold front. Right. I mean, you hear, look, 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 Saw look, some videos look, of look, them, look, too, look, right? Look. You know, you hear that, that noise in the sky at night overhead. They're moving in, and I know I've talked to some guys that hunt them down on the prairie, you know, around Stuttgart, and they're, they're there now. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's another thing we're looking for is waterfowl hunters. It, it, not only the water, but those, those temperatures. And, you know, when we get those fronts, those cold fronts that come out of, like, the Pacific Northwest or more Western, mm -hmm. you know, they don't help us as much as those Canadian fronts. Or when you get you a need dip in, out the, of the plains. in the polar vortex right. and, and you get that shot of north wind coming straight down, boy, we're going to, we get ducks when that happens. So you want the Arctic outbreaks rather than just those Pacific cold fronts that Ex come through. Exactly. That pushes them down. Because, I mean, if it freezes up their waters up north, they're going to move to they where the water come is. Here. Yeah, you know, ducks are opportunistic creatures, like min like like many species of, species of wildlife. If they've got, you know, why are, if if you've got a cheeseburger sitting on the desk between us here, mm -hmm. why are you going to, you know, drive ten miles to go get a, a, a cheeseburger? You're going to eat what's right here. But if if uh, 
if we cover that up, like with snow, or in the case of you know waterfowl food, uh, or we, we we freeze up you know the the water that you're using to roost on, you got to move. You know, if we freeze you out of your home, take your take your heat away from you, and take your food sources away, you're going to move to where you can going eat. Going to where it's and warm, so stay warm. That's 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 the way you know waterfowl operate. They're they're opportunistic. They're going to go as far as they have to, and no uh, more, and, and no more. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, the really interesting things here about how the weather is really affecting for good and for bad as far as hunting season go. We just hope for all of our, our hunters here in the natural state that they have a great hunting season. Of course, stay safe as well. Don't forget to pick up your uh, your guidebooks uh, at your uh, where you get your license, right, Trey? That's right, man. You can get them, uh, of course, PDF copies at AGFC.com. Any information you ever need, you can find a wealth at uh, AGFC.com. Guidebooks are sold where licenses are sold, or are, are given away where licenses are sold. Uh, you know, anywhere from big box retailers to local mom and pop stores around the state. All right, here's hoping to a great harvest for everybody. Thanks for listening here to this podcast here from the Arkansas Storm Team.